You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Blue Jays reporter, Gregor Chisholm. And, Gregor, we're in mid-game down in Florida as uh, spring training goes on here in the Grapefruit League. Blue Jays off to a tremendous start to the spring. First seven games going 6-1. and one. Of course, none of that matters, but... It's good to have a good vibe, and it's good to be winning games, even if, if when all is said and done at the end of the spring, nobody cares what the record is, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's all about kind of building some of those positive energies. And I think a lot of it is you can see some confidence carrying over from the previous years. And uh, to me, it's more the atmosphere and the vibe around camp. And you can't read in too much into that as well. But I think there's a determined group here that has a renewed sense of belief that was probably missing in, in future years before they uh, made the deep run into the postseason. So this is the part of the spring where we see pitchers get out on the mound for the first time in game action, and there's always a lot of good storylines because of that. And as we speak here on Tuesday, Gavin Floyd got three innings in on Tuesday, uh, gave up a hit, an earned run. He struck out a pair. What did you see from Gavin? Obviously, here's a guy who, when he's on the mound, has always been successful. It's a matter of staying on the mound. Yeah, exactly. I mean, multiple surgeries on his on his right elbow, and it's someone who's just really, it's been a few years now since he's actually been able to put together a productive season. To me, he's a really interesting guy to watch in, in camp this year because I think there's some parts of the ball club that would really kind of like to give him a really strong opportunity to win that fifth spot in the rotation because what it does is it increases the options throughout the organization. Um, you're looking at you know, other competitors like uh, an Aaron Sanchez, who really hasn't had that much time to develop as a starter. The Blue Jays did go through a period where they rushed him to the big leagues a little bit because they needed, desperately needed some help in the bullpen. Uh, and so that kind of stalled his, his progress as a starter a little bit. Now they seem more determined to, to make him a starter. Uh, but you also can't rule out the fact that, you know, this is a guy who could, and this would be a bit of a surprise to a lot of people, but he could end up in the minor leagues to start the year just to continue working on a few things that they want him to work on. Um, you know, Sanchez is definitely in that mix for the fifth spot, but, you know, the, the fact that you have a guy like Floyd who would be able to, to come in and step into that role right off the bat does allow the Blue Jays a little bit of leeway to, to develop their guys like a Sanchez, even a guy like Drew Hutchison who had some issues last year. Uh, and if you didn't have a veteran presence like Floyd, you wouldn't have that option. You'd have to force one of those guys into the rotation. Now with all those guys in the mix, uh, it really allows someone to actually come out and really earn that spot as opposed to just being thrust into it. And Sanchez pitched on Monday. He went three innings as well, five hits, an earned run, three strikeouts. Of course, the numbers are less important at this time of year than just how a guy feels and, and how he feels about the work and what he's working on that particular day. Sanchez working on Monday, as was R.A. Dickey, making his second start. He went three innings as well. Talking to these pitchers as a whole, are you getting the vibe from the Blue Jays standpoint that these guys are kind of on track and, and where they want to be through these first and, and second appearances of the spring? Yeah, definitely. And, and Sanchez in particular is someone who really needs to work on some of the secondary stuff. I mean, the last two years when he spent a lot of time in the bullpen, he didn't need to have the change-up, didn't really need to have that effective of a curveball because he basically came out and just threw as hard as he possibly could with his sinker. And when you're only going through a batting order one time, when you're only facing three to six guys with a particular outing, that's really all you need to do. Um, but as a starter, he's going to need more than that. He needs to get back to being able to develop those secondary pitches just so he's able to go through a lineup 
multiple times and give them a different look. And I think that's something that will also help him against left-handers. That's something he, he struggled with last year. So I think, you know, his chances for that fifth spot in the rotation really come down to how those pitches are going to develop over the next few weeks. And, and then at that point in time, I think the club will determine whether he needs a little bit more time in AAA to, to continue that development or whether or not he's ready to make the jump right off the bat. Is spring training for a guy like R.A. Dickey who throws the knuckleball, is it any different for him as a pitcher than these other pitchers just because obviously he doesn't throw as hard as the other guys, but the knuckleball is such a maybe a difficult thing to master. Is his approach in the spring any different than the other pitchers on the Blue Jays? Well, I think that the one difference for Dickey this year is that he's actually getting uh, to work with Josh Tolley on, on a full-time basis. And you, you go back the last three years that he was here, every single year he was paired with a new catcher that was trying to learn how to deal, uh, how to catch that pitch. And uh, I think it would be a little bit hard to focus on exactly what you need to do when you're trying to ease your catcher through that process as well. We saw the Jays try to audition J.P. Aaron Sibia for that role. We saw the Jays try to audition Eric Kratz for that role in the past. And, you know, last year Russell Martin had an opportunity, and, and there's no question that he handled it better than the other two guys did. But still, there was that feeling out phase for – three, four weeks in spring training as those guys were trying to adjust to that pitch. And I think mentally that would wear on a guy a little bit. Now just being able to go back to the guy that, that he's worked with part-time over the last few years in Josh Tolley, the guy he won uh, a Cy Young award with dating back with the Mets. There's a comfort level there, and I think that allows Dickey to just kind of go out there and, and not have to worry about anything that's going on behind the plate and, and just get ready for a season like, like he would have in the past. One guy that I'm sure the Blue Jays are thrilled to see getting off to the start in the spring that he has, fans and the organization as a whole, is Michael Saunders. And three home runs in his first four games in the spring. Obviously, he missed all of 2015 with the injury. How does how does he feel about how he's been? I mean, obviously, he's swinging the bat well, but, but does he feel 100%? Does he feel on track? Yeah, he really does seem to feel good. And, and... You know, that's something he said throughout the offseason, but what he admitted, you know, a couple weeks in the camp down here was it's one thing to feel that uh, during your workouts away from the field. It's another to actually get out there, uh, see some positive results, and, and, and pass a few of the tests along the way to say, okay, my, my knee is healthy right now. And, you know, we, we always say that you can't read too much into the results of spring training, but he's a guy that you actually do have to read at least some into those results because uh, just there were so many question marks. And, you know, I think the home runs are encouraging. It's good to see that his timing at the plate uh, is strong right now. There's going to be some ups and downs with that along the way, though. But uh, to me, the, the big thing for him is just the fact that he's out there feeling good. He's moving around well in the field. Uh, we've seen him make a couple of nice running plays on fly balls. He's been getting to the corners on doubles uh, seemingly with the ease of rate right now. And so, uh, you know, a lot of people will continue to point to, well, he needs to stay healthy in the regular season. And, and, and that is absolutely true. He's going to have to prove critics wrong you know, week after week during the year until he can prove he can stay on the field. Uh, but still, he has to feel great about the way things are going, and I think the Blue Jays feel great about the way things are going right now. I'm not sure if he's been asked this or if he's spoken about it at all, but obviously the team had, had some decisions to make in the offseason, and they trade Ben Revere towards the uh, the end of the offseason, and that certainly opened up things for Michael Saunders to be the guy in a corner outfield spot. Did that add pressure to him, or was he did he welcome that? I, th- no, I think he. I think he welcomed it. There was a lot of, I think, uncertainty in- internally about that. I, I think the perception all along uh, was that Ben Revere likely wasn't going to be back, just simply because you know there, he w- he was about to make uh, you know a decent amount through arbitration, had had a hefty uh, price tag that was uh, going to come with that. 
uh, and it just seemed like an area where the Blue Jays could fill another hole. So I don't think the, the trade caught people by surprise all that much. I think Saunders was hopeful for that opportunity. Uh, but the one thing I think that he really is encouraged with right now, even despite the, the Jay Bruce rumors from a few weeks ago that are a, a now a thing of the past, I think he has to be encouraged at the fact that the Jays have shown a lot of confidence in, in him in spring training. You know, coming into camp, there was some talk about Dalton Pompey competing for that spot as well. That seems to be a thing of the past as well. Uh, that starting job in left field belongs to Michael Saunders at the start of the year as long as he can stay healthy and as long as he can produce uh, in the opening weeks. That should be his job to keep. Yeah, because it seems like while Pompey is nice to have him as that insurance policy, it would also be ideal to have him maybe get some more at-bats, I don't know, if start in AAA or, or kind of work his way up and, and still get that confidence going and have Saunders be the guy. One more thing I wanted to touch on with you, Gregor, was you had an article up this week on, on Marcus Stroman and working on different ways to, to disrupt hitters. And I feel like a lot of this is kind of a, a next step that pitchers take. You know, the first thing when you get to the major league as a pitcher is, is you need to get comfortable, you need to settle in, you, you need to do all that stuff. But then when Stroman starts to talk about doing quick pitches and, and the thinking part of the game and outthinking hitters, it seems like he's really taking that next step as an ace. Yeah, he is. And as someone who comes into camp, he comes into camp obviously in great shape and, and someone who really starts throwing all of his pitches pretty early on in spring training. He's not a guy who just goes the first couple of outings and throws nothing but uh, the fastball. He, he works in all of his pitches very early on. So by the time he got around to the third outing of the spring, uh, that's when we saw a little bit of tinkering with uh, with the delivery and, and some of the timing mechanisms. And, you know, just talking to him uh, after that start, uh, you know, asking him where the idea came from to do these kind of quick pitches, altering his delivery from time to time. And he said it just came up in, in conversations with, with hitters and, and things that uh, kind of get in their minds a little bit. And he said that one thing that hitters have told him over the time is that one thing that can really disrupt uh, their mentality at the plate is when pitchers uh, do show a little bit of variance in, in the speed that they come to the plate in. So just even if it's not something, even if he doesn't use a quick pitch all that much, even if you only see it maybe once a game, uh, the fact is it puts something else in the, in the hitter's mind when they're in the batter's box. And if, if that makes them feel a little bit less uh, comfortable uh, at the plate, then that, the advantage obviously goes to Stroman in that. And so I think that's something he probably wanted to get out there in the media as well, just so that you know some opposing hitters take note that, okay, this is something that he might do. Uh, and yeah, you're, you're exactly right in talking about that's kind of taking his progression to the next level after he always already feels like he, he's feeling great in other areas of his game. This is one other kind of minor tinkering that he's doing as well. Just don't quick pitch against Alex Gordon. That's what we learned in the playoffs <laughs> last year. Jerry's familiar in the World Series, saw that ninth inning pitch go over the wall in Kansas City. So don't quick pitch Alex Gordon, but anybody else, it's fine. All right, that's going to do it for another edition of MLB.com Extras, our Blue Jays edition. Gregor Chisholm, thanks so much for joining us. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget and more mlb.tv premium includes a free at bat 15 subscription watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices watch at home in the office or on the go every night on every device blackout and other restrictions apply visit mlb.tv for details